night. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of background noise. We have a background husband and a background baby. I'm recording now. <laughs> yeah, we got four things of cheese. <laughs> Such cheese. Anyway. Uh... Anyway, welcome to a vague knowledge of everything. I think I will keep that as an intro. I think that's a, that's a good intro to indicate where our lives are at right now um <laughs> yeah welcome to a vague knowledge of everything we're having a, a nice cozy podcast today it's been a while yeah um it's been since before i had a baby and she's almost three weeks old so it's been a is bit she really she is she's gonna be three weeks tomorrow yeah oh my god well i'm hoping on the seventh here and yep. so is baby are we saying her name or are we keep um out? yeah baby cordelia is here baby she's cordelia. uh She's just here against my chest. If you hear some heavy breathing or squeaky noises, that's what she's doing. She's just hanging out in her baby wrap. And I don't know, maybe she'll have a bottle soon. Maybe she'll stay passed out. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I She's totally fine with noise around her. The other day I uh, I did, well, it depends on the kind of noise. Um, I like washed the dishes. I folded laundry. I moved around, did a whole bunch of stuff. I vacuumed like wow. with her strapped to my chest. But then I tried opening a string cheese and she was like, do you, do you have a snack? Can I have a snack? <laughs> Hello? Hi. <laughs> so uh, I mean, Chris yeah. is her dad, so she's used to a fair amount of noise at all times. That's true. You yeah. can go sit down. It's fine. <laughs> Griffin's Griffin's also here, but he's playing. What do you? Halo Infinite well, Infinity. I, it's, it is infinite. You're right. Okay. But I'm switching games. What are you switching to? So I don't yell. Obscenities. obscenities in the middle of your podcast session oh <laughs> much, much appreciate i was i was on the i was zooming with my two best friends on friday and i'd say something griffin big like, what do you think about this and he would go fuck you because he'd be playing halo and couldn't hear me <laughs> with his headphones on i appreciate it's... you doing that okay anyway all right uh, so uh what are we talking about today so today we are going to talk about i need to get my notes up on the screen here i just realized um we're going to talk about um hello uh, we're going to talk about my childbirth experience but we're first going to talk about induction we're going to talk about some because i was induced but uh we're going to talk about some like quote-unquote natural methods of induction which spoiler alert they <laughs> usually don't work um, we'll talk about uh natural methods deduction and then we'll talk about some um medical methods and i'll just kind of briefly go through my experience it's not going to be like super gory or anything but a little bit because you know childbirth I, is gory. i pushed a baby out so it, yeah it just is it just is gory um i have a lot of respect for my husband because he saw a lot of things <laughs> as we'll talk about later and um he's still attracted to me which is nice so that's good he was so excited. i wasn't worried about it but <laughs> he was so excited to be a dad he would have been like yeah. anything you need to do is a-okay with me <laughs> yeah no and he's he's definitely like a grown-up in that <laughs> cordelia's making cute noises um he's <laughs> definitely a grown-up and he's not worried about any of like you know if we're all human beings we all have gross stuff mm -hmm. i was uh i was stocking up on um some adult diapers before i gave birth because i had heard that the postpartum process is 
that it's just helpful to have adult diapers which is true um and uh and we were like in the line at target and i'm holding my adult diapers there and and i was like oh yeah i have to pee afterwards he's like well why don't you just go right now i don't care i'll buy these for you (laughs) oh my god it's like oh i love you (laughs) he's like yeah i i I have no issue (laughs) buying this i don't care (laughs) so our last episode was the iud sequel story we're talking about when you don't use an IUD because you want to have a baby. <laughs> yes. All right. We're, very, we're a very uterus-based podcast through the last couple months here, so. <laughs> that should have been the name of the podcast, uterus-based podcast. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we've been talking about her coming since you hit full term, which was like yeah. six weeks ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Or we're like, a long time. any day now, she's going to show up. Yeah. And guess what? That didn't happen. <laughs> so uh she likes to sleep in as it turns out yeah she likes to sleep in just like her mom uh Mm -hmm. she she was fine in the womb just chilling and i i guess i i I let her stay until past her due date and then i was like all right we're we're gonna do this now because you're completely (laughs) fine and healthy you're ready to come out except for you're just sitting in there and you're not coming out so you are now late for it's good yeah but uh so pregnancy is considered full-term starting at 37 weeks which i think we mentioned in one of the pregnancy episodes when i was like what do you do now? um just why we recorded a bunch of them at the same time mm-hmm. because i was like oh i could go into labor at any time and i was like in that pattern for weeks where i would just like clean the house get everything ready and then wait and didn't happen but um awful it, it it was awful by the time you get to the end of pregnancy and you've been pregnant for a long time and you've been heavily pregnant for several months mm-hmm. it's like the physical toll that it takes on your body is just oh my god it's it's so much and the like just having to anytime I could get to sleep I had to like wake up every hour to turn over because my hips would be in pain Whoa. and like it would go away on the one hip when I would roll over, but then the other hip would hurt and I'd have to keep like rolling over. But then I could only like really be comfortable on my left side because weirdly, if you're, so if you're sleeping on your side and you have acid reflux, which I did the last couple of weeks, the left side is much better than the right side for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Like I would be laying on my right side and, go, and then oh, like gross. move over to the left side and it would be better, which I thought it was bullshit when I first heard it, but it's not. There is a symptom <laughs> of ADHD or neurodivergency called weight mode. So like if you have a package coming, if you have somebody coming over, if there's something happening, you go into this mode where you're like, I cannot do anything else because something's happening huh. so I'm in weight mode do you know what I'm talking about have you I do know that? what you're talking about yeah I have ex- I experienced that a lot yeah so as with most most ADHD things everyone has experienced ADHD symptoms but yeah people with ADHD experiences them to a higher degree in higher frequency so like Griffin will be like I can't do anything I have a package coming I'm in weight mode and it sounds like the end of pregnancy is yeah. perpetual weight mode because you're waiting for your baby to show up and that sounds terrible <laughs> yeah and especially well especially if you're someone who like me was like lucky enough to be at home like I didn't have to be working up to the end of my pregnancy yeah. um which like I totally acknowledge that privilege that was fantastic having that time because I could get the house ready all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um 
it was great in that way but the also I had to like fill my days with stuff because <laughs> yeah. I'm just like I'm waiting and I don't want to like start a big cleaning project because I was like well as soon as I empty my closet to go through all my clothes like that's what I'm gonna go into labor or like whatever you know I have right. that feeling it's like I can't like like if I get really into cleaning out the basement something's gonna happen <laughs> so mm -hmm. I was just kind of like in yeah in wait mode I think is a really good way to describe it because I got towards the end and um, and another thing that people don't, I, I wanted to mention this because the thing that people love to say to you at the end of pregnancy um, is like, sleep while you can, or like, you think you're tired now, et cetera, all that kind of stuff. Um, for a lot of people, including myself, that that's not like an accurate representation of how things work out because pregnancy insomnia is a very real thing yeah um and i have like regular insomnia anyway um but the like <laughs> the pregnancy insomnia is like just physically since you're so tired but you are also so uncomfortable like you end up laying there for hours and hours not being able to sleep or mm -hmm. like you're not able to sleep at the time you want to and then you are sleeping at times when you didn't want to and like it's very uh, uncomfortable, but like also the sleep you're getting isn't very good because you're waking up to pee or you're waking up to roll over. And so you're not getting as much of that deep REM sleep, et cetera. I've gotten so much better quality of sleep. <laughs> and I think actually more sleep since she's arrived. Right. Um, which is not what people tell you to expect. Would but she that kick was you awake? No, when she was kicking, if I was asleep, I was asleep, um, okay. which is good. But it was hard to fall asleep if she was kicking. Mm. Um, so it's one of those things where like, if I could get to sleep, I would be in deep sleep unless I had to pee or if I was in pain um, right. and like other things would be okay, but it was just really, really hard to get to sleep. Um, but that, that was probably the biggest thing for me that made me like, I really want to be done with pregnancy. I, like I, I started telling people, cause I was trying to like circumvent the whole like sleep while you can, cause I was sick of hearing it. I was like, I want to be tired for a different reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the thing is, like, I am still tired, um, but I'm much more alert when I'm awake now, which is also, really why, nice. Why are people telling you, oh, your life's about to get a lot worse when this baby comes? Like, look out. Like, why? People, people write, right when we were announcing we were pregnant, people would always say, like, like oh, your life's never going to be the same. And I'm just like, yeah, that's the point. Yeah, obviously. Like, that's why we decided to have, we didn't decide to have a baby because we wanted things to be the same. Like, why you gotta be shitty whenever I'm about to have a baby? <laughs> it's so strange. P people are very strange, the way that they interact with um, mm -hmm. expecting parents, I have to say. And I'm not like, I'm not like mad at those people. Like, so if you're someone who told me like, the sleep while you can, like, don't worry about it. I know that comes from your experience. It's totally fine. It just was like, it's when people like every single person is saying the same thing you're just yeah. like can you guys get together on this <laughs> understand of the registry of things that are like, there to say to people everyone chose the same couple things <laughs> can i so. tell you something what <laughs> griffin and i went to target after we went to chipotle when you told us you were pregnant oh. and we picked out the baby card we sent you that day oh. so we've been holding on to that card since may of last That's year so sweet because Griffin was like i found the perfect card for that we have to get it right now and i was oh. like okay so yeah she got her first little birthday it was, card yeah and it was so sweet and and the clothes that you sent are adorable too i can't wait till she gets big enough to fit into them well, She's... everything i sent is gender neutral so um, yeah and then also a buffalo her... plaid and a queen shirt yes 
so her and I can be matching and have a photo shoot together whenever I come visit so yeah absolutely (laughs) okay induction so we yeah so induction yeah say we kind of got off track but that's okay it's easy to get off track so so we're going to talk first about some natural methods to induce labor and and I'm very much putting quotes around like natural methods to induce labor because there's very little evidence that any of these actually work most of it's anecdotal and for for every like one person who's like oh I did this and then I went right into labor and I just know that it was related there's like a hundred people who did that thing and it didn't do anything yeah so just like be aware like just because you know you're mom or your aunt or somebody is telling you like oh this thing totally works like you know work for me it might be a complete coincidence so please don't get like discouraged if things aren't working for you because I tried a lot of stuff none of it did a thing what'd you like, try that well we will talk about it okay. um, let's see I'm here so I'm again. gonna <laughs> I'm gonna start I'm gonna start with two things that I didn't try because okay. they they are very common to hear about um and one of them I think is dangerous. And so I want to talk about it because uh, I don't want people to do it. Um, <laughs> but you, but people might not realize it's dangerous, I think is, is one of the things. Right. So um, the first one, this one's not dangerous. It's, uh, it's fine. Um, is eating spicy food this is a really common one for people to think um, eating spicy food can cause cramping, but it's more like in your digestion. <laughs> so it's not I, I didn't find any evidence that, and I looked for evidence on these things just to see. Um, I didn't find any evidence that it could cause cramping in your uterus. I, so I don't think that the spicy food thing, um, I haven't found any scientific evidence. A lot of people swear by it. It's fine to do it probably. Um, like if you like spicy food, I didn't do it because I don't like spicy food and I was having acid reflux. Yeah. Um, and that's the one situation where I would say if you're having acid reflux, just you're probably not going to want to eat spicy food, but maybe don't because that'll probably just make it worse. The only uh, exposure I guess I have to people trying to induce their babies coming out naturally is that episode of Friends where Rachel is like desperately trying to get her baby to come out and they're doing <laughs> all this stuff like they're eating spicy food and like going on walks and this, that, and the other thing. And she's like, this baby won't come out. <laughs> but yeah. I knew about that one because of that yeah and and honestly like it's fine to do that like there's 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 some pizza places uh that like will have a special pizza they'll make that's like you know it's supposed to be helpful for that and it's like spicy sausage stuff like that yeah and and you know what if you want to have a pizza or you want to have spicy food or whatever especially when you're heavily pregnant just fucking do it like if you want to do it that's fine uh but don't expect it to put you in labor because it probably won't um <laughs> another thing and this one okay so this one actually might work but i do not recommend it to anyone because it could also cause issues um it's ca- what's called a midwives brew um and i i, I would say that most the, the midwives that i've interacted with i i would have a hard time thinking they would actually recommend this so i think when people say midwife in this arena they're talking about like the midwife with quotes around it that mm. maybe doesn't have uh medical experience <laughs> uh, but the midwife's brew it's a drink that it can contain some different stuff um what it generally consists of is lemon verbena oil almond butter apricot juice and castor oil Ew. yeah like your face is doing exactly what my face did i was like none of that sounds good except for the apricot juice like as a drink that sounds nasty. that's a lot of oil yeah yeah um and the thing is <sighs> A lot of the stuff, like it just, like the first three ingredients, I, I don't think there's really been studies to know if they do anything. The thing in this that does do something, 
is castor oil. And there have been some studies around the efficacy of the results. They've been very differing. So like some studies say like, oh, that can help. Other studies say like it didn't help. Others are like, maybe it helps, but it, you shouldn't do it. Um, the reason that I would heavily caution anyone against doing this and say definitely um, talk to your doctor about any of these things, honestly, even if they seem like they're completely fine, just because it's a good idea to do that. They might know something you don't. Um, your doctor, your midwife. Um, certified midwife with medical mm -hmm. training. Uh, <laughs> when I say midwife, that's what I'm talking about. Just for, <laughs> for whoever is listening to this, if you haven't heard uh, our other podcasts. Um, so the reason that castor oil can be good for this stuff um, is because it does cause spasms. It causes spasms in your intestines and your uterus. Um, the uterus spasms can possibly cause contractions, um, which can possibly lead to labor. Um, again, it's, it's shaky on whether this absolutely does happen, if it can contribute to it, whatever it is, but, um, it does seem like there is some possible evidence that it has worked for some women because there does seem to be a higher instance of women, or, um, sorry, women, um, of pregnant people going into labor, mm -hmm. uh, sooner than, than they had, uh, or sooner than others based on, um, ingesting castor oil. However, it can also cause severe nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, um, stuff that feels really bad and can also lead to dehydration. Dehydration is not good for you at the best of times. It's really not good for you when you're pregnant and when you're in labor. When you're um, hydrating for two. Yeah, yeah like, like they want you to be hydrated. Um, being hydrated is just really good for your body and it's not good for you to be dehydrated. It could cause all kinds of other bad stuff. Um, also, the contractions that are caused by castor oil can be more painful and or irregular, um, mm -hmm. which can cause you to be more exhausted and more stressed out. Um, stress can also affect your blood pressure um, and having higher than normal blood pressure isn't good when you're in labor. Right. So there's a number of reasons why I do not think castor oil would be a good thing. So please, please be careful. I know that there's probably some people who are touting midwives brew because they didn't have any bad experiences from it but someone not having a bad experience it doesn't mean that you won't so right. i i would heavily caution someone on, on doing that um i actually had castor oil in the house because i use it in soap making um because it's really good for oh. coming up with a nice lather uh but uh i even though i had it i was like no nah, i'm not gonna do this because i i looked into it because i was wondering about it because i was trying to do everything i could but i did not do it yeah. Um, so on to stuff I did try. Um, again, this stuff didn't do anything for me, but it did give me stuff to do. Um, none of it was like hugely, none of it was like really expensive or difficult to do. So I was just like, you know what, I'm going to give myself a checklist of like stuff to eat, stuff to do, et cetera. And it like fills up the day with something other than just like knitting and watching new girl, which is what I was also doing. That's not bad. Uh, no, it's not bad, but also like, you know, sitting on the couch the whole time isn't like the best for your body. So. <laughs> it's bad for yeah. weight mode too, because you know you're just waiting. Yeah, you're just waiting. You're not relaxing. So one thing I did do is I ate a lot of pineapple, which is, it's basically an old wives tale is if you eat a lot of pineapple, that'll help you go into labor. Uh, the reason scientifically people think it might help possibly and that's like a a very very slight mite there mm -hmm. um is it contains the enzyme bromelain 
um, which is thought to help soften the cervix and trigger contractions, but it, it, that's not really backed up by medical evidence. Um, I did find like a small amount of evidence that it might, that pineapple extract might cause contractions if it's applied directly to the tissue, but that's like your uterine tissue. And that's not what happens when you eat pineapple. Right. <laughs> so it's not the same thing. Um, you, that said, sorry, go ahead. Your cervix had no interest in becoming softer. No, my like. cervix had no interest in becoming softer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it did not at all. Um, that said, the pineapple, for most people, it's fine. Um, it's a good source of vitamin C. It's a good source of fiber, which is good when you're pregnant too. So like, if you want to eat some pineapple, go ahead, eat some pineapple. I ate a bunch of pineapple because I like fresh pineapple. It's yummy. Um, it is two things. It is pretty acidic. Oh. Um, so it can be a little bit hard on you if you have sensitive teeth or gums. So maybe be careful about that. And also if you have diabetes or gestational diabetes, talk to your medical provider about mm -hmm. it first. Um, similarly, dates is another thing that people eat a lot of. Um, What's Cora have to she was say waking about up. it? She's just, she's just like moving her head around, but I think it's because my boobs are sweating and she's just trying <laughs> to get her head away from it. Um, anyway. Um, she's, I've been just for everyone's edification. I'm wearing one of the baby wraps that holds them really close against your chest, but I'm also getting sweaty. And so mm -hmm. she's just trying to regulate her body heat. Um, anyway, so yeah, eating dates. Um, I did not like eating dates because it's not, I just don't like them that much. Like they kind of just taste like brown sugar a little bit, but they're not yeah, like, but not in a good way. They're not very tasty. I didn't particularly enjoy them. Some people like them. Um, I mean, they're basically like giant raisins, but they don't taste as good. Uh, <laughs> definitely not nature's candy. Uh, they are high in sugar. <laughs> they are high in sugar. So if you have diabetes or gestational diabetes, um, definitely talk to a medical provider about it first. Mm -hmm. And again, talk to someone about all this. Um, a, there's studies that show different things on it. Um, there is a small study that said women who ate six dates per day in the month leading up to their due dates had a higher chance of going into labor on their own and had higher cervical dilation when they were admitted. Um, that didn't hold true for me, but I mean, the study didn't say it did it for everyone. So right. I guess that's fine. Um, a more recent study suggested that the dates had no impact on kickstarting labor, but might help with later stages of labor and like your I think like the toning of your uterus. Um, I don't know if any of that's true. I ate a bunch of dates. <laughs> they weren't great. I was really excited to stop eating dates uh, at the end of my pregnancy. However, I've recently found out that there is apparently some evidence that dates are a lactogenic food, which means they help with your milk supply. So oh. why many dates again? Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've been putting them in oatmeal because oats are also lactogenic. Um, and I'm not, I'm not like a low milk supplier, but I'm, I'm like, almost making enough to give yeah. her as much as she wants um we are supplementing with formula because we just want to make sure she stays fed and she's gaining weight like a champion all that kind of stuff um but anyway so now i'm uh, i'm eating dates again so uh, i didn't particularly enjoy eating them i don't think they did much for me but Would they now go I'm in eating. a smoothie okay could they blend up i tried that and they just chunked up and it was oh. really unpleasant they're like kind of yeah. gummy right like they got that yeah weird, like, sugary... so it was like yeah, yeah like they they broke up but then it was like just chunks of date i, I didn't enjoy it can you just eat some fig newtons about it <laughs> maybe i don't want to date mm. newtons i don't date know if they newtons. have any I don't know. anyway yeah. so there's that um there's also raspberry leaf tea um this one 
this one's you can find this in stores a lot um i i also talked to my midwife about this um it's it seems like there's just Wait. not a lot of data about what a raspberry leaf tea can do. What's Sorry, she what? doing? Is she making little piggy noises? She's, yeah. Yeah, she's just kind of snorting. She does that. <laughs> it's funny because I have headphones on, so I'm sure when I go back and listen to this, there's going to be a lot more like baby she's noises. Literally, on it she's I'm literally hearing. just going like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what beagles sound like whenever they're like excited and just making like, <laughs> that's what she's yeah. doing. And I just want to make sure she was okay. <laughs> yeah, no, she's she's fine. She just does that. She might she might have like a little bit of congestion, but it's not enough that Aww. she's. Yeah, I mean, like she's she's still breathing just fine. She's sleeping, so. All right, Sorry. she's fine. I, yeah, I definitely hear it over my headphones now. Um, so I I do apologize if that hurts the sound quality of this, but like my husband is taking a nap, which he. I don't think he's taken an actual nap like since she's been born. He's not much of a napper. Um. But the zeal for each... fatherhood kept him going <laughs> yeah so he's getting like five hours of sleep a night and i'm happy that he's napping so yeah. i didn't want to wake him up to have him. like he would have been totally fine with it but i didn't want to wake him up and have him take care of her if she was just right. straight up chilling um so anyway raspberry leaf tea it's said to uh to boost blood flow to the uterus and trigger contractions but there's been no proof of this in mm. any studies um and there's no, there's not enough data on it. It's one of those things where like a lot of things in pregnancy, they just tell you not to take or not to eat or not to drink or whatever, because there isn't data on what they do. And maybe they're fine. Maybe they'll do something bad. We don't know. Like things like valerian melatonin, they tell yeah. you to stay away from, which is basically just like that, which is like, it hasn't been studied enough for us to know. Um, so it's one of those things where like earlier in your pregnancy, they tell you maybe stay away from it but after 36 weeks it's usually fine my midwife was fine with it <clears throat> um yeah she was like yeah that's that's totally okay it probably won't do anything for you like like she, she was very honest about it she's like probably won't do anything for you but if you want to that's fine um it hydrates you gives you something to drink other than water so like yeah yeah sure it's fine like it's not high in sugar because it doesn't have sugar in it so yeah so it's fine and it kind of to me it tastes like kind of like grass honestly and i've i'm one of those like slightly hippie-ish people who has uh, had a lot of tea that is for med medicine for for medicinal purposes so I, um i'm I, used to that kind of stuff and i don't really care about it and i'll drink it i think in terms of the people that we interact <laughs> with on boats you're not so hippie in terms of like the run-of-the-mill regular people we're pretty hippie people yeah like, like you do a lot of stuff yourself which is like kind of unheard of in a capitalist society that's true like the making the soap making is something i do but it's not it's honestly because it's it it's more cost effective to get like the natural soap that i like if i make it myself you know so it's like i'm that kind of hippie where i'm like i don't I'm not into all of the crunchy stuff, um, but I'm into some of it. So, so yeah. I'm into it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So like, and, and I'm fine. Like I'm drinking tea that's supposed to help with lactation. I don't really know if it's going to, but again, it's like keeps me hydrated. So it's a good thing. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the raspberry leaf tea was kind of like that. Um, no evidence it did anything. Um, evening primrose oil is something that my midwife actually did tell me to take. It was in a capsule. 
Um, it was really funny when we went to the store. I think I texted you about it and I was like, do you know about evening primrose oil? Because I was really surprised at Chris looking for it in the store because he went to yeah. the cooking oil section and I was no. like, what are you doing? <laughs> Wait, this doesn't what? <laughs> He went to cooking oil and then he went to essential oils. And I was like, what? No, honey, I was like, it's a pill. I was like, I was like, honey, it's in like a gel cap. Like, yeah, he was. I knew to take so those funny. in 2016 because apparently they help with uh, mood swings with your uh, moon fury whenever it comes around. That was the only context I had ever heard about it. I didn't know it was like a, a pregnancy. Yeah it's type deal this, too so, so it's supposed to possibly depends on who you talk to it's 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 something where like it, it wasn't going to do anything harmful and there may be some evidence that it helps there also may be evidence that it doesn't help um but anyway she told me like hey this would be a good thing to take so i, I started taking it um it contains an o- omega-3 fatty acid called gamma linolenic acid or gla Okay. Um, which is a precursor to prostaglandins. Prostaglandins are hormones like substances that help soften the cervix. Um, like that is a real thing, but I don't know if like a precursor to it would do anything. Uh, but anyway, I took it. It wasn't harmful, but it didn't seem to do anything. Uh, <laughs> so another thing, there's like a couple different exercises that are said to help. There's something called curb walking, which is like where you walk along a curb and you step like one foot on the curb, one foot on the ground. So you're kind of like, kind of like imbalance it's supposed to help the baby move into place uh i'm very like gently shaking her down sort of yeah like like, <laughs> oh like i also did a bunch of walking up and down stairs um because i wasn't going to do curb walking because none of our curbs were exposed because they were under like three feet of snow yep um so i did a bunch of walking up and down stairs um it was probably good exercise for me but i have no evidence it did anything um i also did lots of yoga in the last couple of weeks. Um, there is a bunch of yoga videos on YouTube, which they'll say like in the title yoga to induce labor. But then of course the first thing is basically a disclaimer that like, you know, if your body's not ready, if your baby's not ready, this probably isn't going to like kickstart your labor, et cetera, because like, it's not super responsible to say it will induce labor because we don't have evidence that it does but they're doing it for clickbait basically how is that and yoga though but it, as as far as yoga goes it's just nice gentle yoga it's fine it's not bad for you i would say like as long as you're not pushing yourself too hard i think yoga is a really beneficial thing to be doing because mm-hmm. you're stretching stretching is good for you especially when you're about to do something really difficult with your body like if you're moving around yeah. during labor having done a bunch of stretching will probably help you out in breath um, control I, yeah aligning your breathing yeah like breathing and stretching generally good stuff especially good when you're about to do something really difficult with your body so i would totally recommend doing yoga i just wouldn't expect it to put you into labor (laughs) strenuous strenuous activity um another thing so a lot of these yoga videos have uh them using exercise balls um we got an exercise ball uh, as well. And I enjoyed using it. Like I did like hip circles with it and pelvic tilts, which are also supposed to be things to like help the baby move into place. They, they didn't. Um, but, <laughs> but I did that. And honestly, like as far as exercise, it was really good. It was also a lot more comfortable for me to sit on the yoga ball um, bef- than to sit on like a wooden chair. And actually it was more comfortable than sitting on the couch when I was like in my last mm. week of pregnancy, because 
if you sit on the couch, sometimes you'll like slouch more and that hurt my ribs because there was just so much stuff in there that my ribs had more pressure. And so sitting on the yoga ball gave me like a nice soft cushiony seat that could move around with me and also maybe sit up a little bit straighter. So, so go ahead, go to yoga ball. It's good for you. Yoga Um, ball and exercise ball, the same thing. Oh yeah. They're the same thing. Yeah. Um, meditation is another thing where like, if you look on YouTube, you can find guided meditations that like say to induce labor. Again, a lot of them have that like caveat of like, but it won't <laughs> actually start it if you're not ready, et cetera. That, that um, seems, I, I can get behind that a little bit, but it does, we're getting into like woo woo territory of like, we are, we are getting into woo woo manifest your baby coming out. And it's like, your baby's going to come out. Yeah. And it's funny because like you look in the like comment section and there's a bunch of people being like, oh, I did this. And then my water broke three hours later. And I'm like, it was a coincidence. Yeah. But, uh, but again, deep breathing is really good for you. Meditation has been really good for me and like my state of mind. So I would still recommend meditating. It's, it's good for you. Um, deep breathing was like my best friend during labor because uh, the epidural was not my best friend because it doesn't work very well on everybody. (laughs) Um, works great on some people but apparently not me I don't know or half of people (laughs) it's funny I've had people tell me before that I might have like a higher uh tolerance for pain medication because quote-unquote you're a natural redhead I'm not a natural redhead (laughs) but for some reason my body decided that it was gonna act like it and uh yeah but we'll talk about the epidural later uh, this 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 podcast is just two blondes talking Yep. But you would never know that because Rosie apparently looks very weird as a blonde and looks way better as a redhead to the point yeah. where Billy <laughs> came up to us one time and was like, she just said Rosie's hair is darker. I'm like, yeah, she just dyed it. And he was like, she what? And I was like, yeah, she dyes it. He's like, and- I've known her for years. <laughs> yeah, he knew me for a long time by that time, like maybe like three or four years by that time and did not know. There's It definitely fits. Yeah, it does. And I like, honestly, what, what I've come to take from it is like, it just means that I'm doing a good job dyeing my hair that people yeah. think that it's natural. Cause that's like kind of the goal anyway. But I think my mom even asked, she was like, Oh, is it a little redheaded baby? And I was like, no. Well, my dad was a redhead. I, did so... say, I think there's red on both sides of your family. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so like it, it was definitely possible, but she, yeah, no, she doesn't have red hair. She's, I, I'm still thinking that her hair is going to lighten up a little bit. It's like a yeah. medium kind of brown right now, but I think it's going to lighten up. And I do oh. think her eyes are looking more blue, Look at that little which is face. Nice. Well, yeah. Chris has blue eyes, right? Uh, his eyes are like greenish. They're like light, just light eyes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so there's another, so there's one other um, natural method. This one does have some evidence behind it, um, and that is having sex to uh, go into labor. Um, I have to say, not everybody feels like having sex when they're happily <laughs> yeah. pregnant, so it can be kind of like hard to get yourself to do that. Also, I don't really want to put anything else in this body. It's already so. at capacity. <laughs> Um, so, so if your person, if you don't have placenta previa, well, if you had placenta previa, you'd be getting a C-section anyway, I guess, but, um, but yeah, so, um, having sex can, uh, help, uh, can possibly help, uh, stimulate your body into labor. Uh, there's a couple of reasons for this. The first one is it's pretty heteronormative. Um, so 
uh, it is just for people who have um, a sperm producing partner. Um, if you have penetrative oh. sex with said partner, the sperm has prostaglandins in it, um, which could help soften the cervix. Oh, um, so, so that's so that's like a chemical thing. The sperm was the important part, not just like the orgasm, well, like contracting muscles and stuff. Well well <laughs> so the first reason that that sex could be a good thing is because of the sperm um and that's of course for only people who have that relationship with that kind of partner the second reason that sex could help is because of the orgasm um of the person the per- pregnant person um uh, and that is that it could cause um uterine contraction which could help stimulate contractions uh and then another one is having an orgasm releases oxytocin and oxytocin is um it's like, it's like a happy hormone and your body produces a rush of oxytocin, which is kind of what puts you into labor if you give yeah. birth, um, if, if you go into labor on your own. Um, so yeah, so, so there, there is some evidence that like sex can be good for bringing on labor. Okay. So that's, that's the last of the, like the natural uh, methods that helps that that could help possibly a lot of them don't. So whenever, um, when did you go from these are no longer working. I'm bringing in professionals. <laughs> oh, I just, I did them the whole time. Like even up to the the time of induction. Um, I just, I kind of, at the end, I looked at it as like, well, even if these aren't going to do anything, it's a list of basically healthy things that I can check off every day. Right. You know, like, it's like, I had my pot of raspberry leaf tea. I had, you know, like I had some pineapple, I did some exercise, you know, like it's all good <laughs> stuff for you. So it's generally not like, except for the midwives brew, um, I'd say it's generally good stuff for you. So it's not a bad thing, but I didn't look at it as like, this is absolutely going to help because I had done enough research into them that I understood that mm, this might not work. Um, as we got closer to the end of things, um, I did talk to like Chris and I talked about if I don't go into labor naturally, do I want to get induced? And I was like, yes, I do. And uh, <laughs> because I just didn't want to be pregnant that long. And I was like, I've had an uncomplicated pregnancy. It's okay. We'll talk about some of the risks of inductions. Um, and those are all things that I did think about beforehand, um, but they were not things that really applied to me. And so right. I was like, okay, this feels like something I can do. Um, I got my first cervical check for throughout my pregnancy at 39 weeks and uh, my midwife. So um, a lot of OBGYNs will do this earlier, like starting at 36 weeks. Um, I had a certified nurse midwife. She basically told me, she's like, you know what? It's, it's just going to put you through more pain and it's not going to give me that much usable information. So I just don't see the point in doing it. And I was like, great, same page. Uh, <laughs> probably saved me like several appointments of cervical mm-hmm. checks because towards like the end, the last month of your pregnancy, you're going to be going in every week and it would have sucked to have a cervical check every time. Cause they hurt. Yeah. What, what, uh, how does that go? <laughs> what happened? Yeah. So like the cervical check is like someone, your, your medical provider, whether it's a midwife or an OBGYN has to like reach up into your vagina and they have to feel your cervix. They have to feel whether your cervix is softened, whether you're uh, dilated, which is when it starts opening up. Some people will start dilating weeks before they give birth um, and their cervix will be soft. Some people don't <laughs> like me, um, even towards the end, like, like well, the day I was like getting induced, um, they, they had me come in early because my cervix wasn't soft enough. Um, so what, what she had me do, and I think this is really useful 
is so put your finger up against your forehead like just on your or i just press on it so that's what uh your cervix would feel like when it's not dilated it's not softened at all your cervix has um, shut down <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that, that's what like normally what your cervix would be like most okay. of the time and then press on your cheek um, like and not like while smiling just just yeah press on your like normal uh soft cheek that's what it's going to be like uh when it's softened so quite a bit softer that is what my yeah. what mine was like at hello at uh 40 weeks was like pressing on your chin oh so kind of but not really so a little <laughs> bit softer but not that much yeah so that that's what i had to have happen oh hello she's waking up and she's probably having to have a bottle but do you need a okay. minute We'll, we'll keep going until she actually wakes up she's just kind of like we're talking about you to. yeah so um yeah so that was what was happening and i i i did decide earlier on that i would get induced if i went past my due date just because i was like we're fine everything is normal there's no medical issue that would make me concerned all that kind of stuff i'm not really i'm not really worried about it Oh, hello. Oh, she's so little. Oh, hi, there she is. <laughs> she put her hands up like, I did it. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. We're just going to have a bottle. And then Molly's going to keep talking. All right. So she's having a bottle now. Uh, <laughs> she is cute. She puts her little hand up to her face when she's having her bottle. It's pretty, it's pretty adorable. Uh, so yeah, so I, I decided to get induced because I want I got I was at the end of my pregnancy and I wanted it to be the end of my pregnancy. Yeah. Um, my midwife basically the conversation she started started out was like, I would be comfortable inducing you on February seventh, or I would be comfortable letting you wait until the fourteenth to reassess. It's up to you. A week and that's of the way pregnancy it should go. time is yeah, a it's long a lot. time, <laughs> especially if you've been waiting weeks and hoping it would happen. Yeah. Um. So, th but that is the way that that should go. Like you should, unless there is a medical reason why induction would be medically beneficial for you and the baby, um, which there are a few, which I'll go over. Um, you should have, whoever is providing your care should leave it up to you. It's your choice. It's your body. It's your baby. You know, yeah. like you do also, like, if you feel like you're being pressured into it, which I, I don't think there's a lot of people doing that pressuring, but there might be some out there. Um, always remember you have the right to get a second opinion. You have the right to change doctors, like all that kind of stuff. Um, but she, yeah, she approached it in a very, um, a very nice way for me <laughs> she's a little bit loud when she has her bottle sometimes so she might she might start going like she, she you might hear the like actual nibbling yeah uh so the, there's a couple reasons why they might want to induce you before 39 weeks uh -huh. um generally before 39 weeks is not considered it's not considered uh a good time to do electively because uh babies born before 39 weeks have a higher probability of having health concerns than after 39 weeks a couple of reasons they might do this though is if you have low amniotic fluid because that's what's surrounding the baby um if you have high blood pressure diabetes um premature rupture of the membranes which is when your water breaks but the labor doesn't actually start um, <gasps> usually when your water breaks it starts a clock and they want the baby to be born within yeah. 12 hours um if your placenta separating from your uterus um, you, like you give 
the nutrients to your placenta like through your uterine wall so if it's detaching it's not going to get the nutrients that are then going to go to your baby so those are some reasons why they might induce you before 39 weeks otherwise you can't generally choose to get induced before that time period because there might be more risk to it right um so the methods that they use um there's physical ways and medical ways um physical ways to induce include rupturing the bag of water so that's like when your water breaks that's your amniotic fluid hello yeah let's do a little burp pause for baby she paused for baby <laughs> she, so uh for everyone's edification hope knows this um uh, that noise is just me burping my baby uh <laughs> but hope knows this but i uh i had some uh we had some difficulty with getting her to latch in a way that was not super painful for me uh so i i decided fairly early on that we're gonna switch to bottles because i did not want to destroy my nips and yeah. um she is totally fine having the bottles. I've got plenty of time to bond with her. So I wasn't worried about losing that bonding time. Yeah. And, uh, and also using the bottles means that we can supplement, uh, supplement with formula without worrying that she's like, not going to go back to the breast. Cause if she's not feeding from the breast anyway, we don't have to worry about that. So she's getting burped because she chugs her bottles because she's a very good eater. <laughs> that <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> we get like the slow flow bottles, but uh, but she still absolutely chugs them and then she needs to be burped. Well, Chris also eats every two hours or something like that yeah. as a grown oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hello. Okay. Do you want some more? She's oh, you so want to eat squirmy. your hand? She, yeah. Newborn babies are very squirmy. They make lots of funny noises and they're adorable i'm just i'm i'm in love with her she's great. gross dude <laughs> i know <laughs> all right so another way okay so we talked about <laughs> the physical ways this is a little bit chaotic but like it's what it's like to have a newborn so i was like right that was part of the reason i kind of wanted to have her with me doing this is because i thought it would be fun to have the perspective of like a new mom podcasting while baby is here <laughs> um <laughs> Anyway, yeah, physical ways to induce, they can rupture your bag of waters. There's like a tool that they use to do this. Um, and that generally will stimulate you having contractions. Um, but you, you can only do that once the cervix is already softened. Um, stripping the membranes is another thing you can do, which is, um, I, I don't know much about it. They didn't do it to me, um, but it involves the medical professional, whether it's a doctor or a midwife, sweeping a glove finger between the membranes of your amniotic sac and your uterus. Um, to help separate things to trigger the body to let you know it's time to oh, yeah. bring it out. Um, they can insert a Foley bulb, also called a Foley balloon, which stretches the cervix and helps soften it through pressure. I've heard that that thing is uncomfortable <laughs> as hell. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, it's probably <laughs> all uncomfortable. <laughs> um, medical ways to induce include, uh, there's a pill called Cytotec, which you take orally to soften the cervix and start contractions. There's Prostin gel, which uh, is a gel that they put up next to your cervix. I don't know if you have to stay in bed if you have the gel in. I should have looked that up, but I didn't. Um, there's another thing called Cervidil which I can talk about because Ooh. I had it. I'll talk about it in a, in a few minutes. Um, it's a tiny 
kind of tampon like thing like it's basically a medication that's put in the end of a string um a real scratchy string for some reason um and it's it's put basically you have to have um them put it in by putting the hand up as far as it would go during a cervical check um with this like fun scratchy situation um and then it sits next to your uterus and releases uh i believe it's synthetic prostaglandins um which helps soften your cervix okay um then there's pitocin um which that's after your cervix is softened um like if my cervix had been softened but i was getting induced i would have gone in the next day and just gotten pitocin which is given through your iv and that's to help stimulate contractions right so um that is those are the ways that they do it and i'll talk about which ways they used on me but before that i do want to go through there's just a couple of things that might make people decide they don't want inductions because inductions inductions kind of have a bad rap in especially like the sort of crunchy mom situations yeah um but a lot of things have a bad rap there like that's also the same group of people that shames formula feeding so um (laughs) anyway there are a couple reasons you might not want to get induced um one of them is you are likely to have a longer hospital stay or at least possible we actually didn't have a long hospital stay you're in and out pretty quick yeah it was like 48 hours exactly and that included like the softening of my cervix all that stuff so it was actually pretty fast um but you could have a longer hospital stay like i know someone who was in the hospital for like three days getting induced um i think before and that was not including recovery time that's so long um, yeah so long time um and if you're in the u.s like we are um staying in the hospital longer if you don't have great insurance could mean that you end up paying a shitload of money uh luckily we didn't have to consider that because we have good insurance so can you have a baby good. at planned parenthood no i don't think so well that sucks <laughs> <laughs> but but if you're receiving Planned Parenthood, you'd probably be at, uh, if you're receiving their services, you'd hopefully be eligible bleh, eligible for Medicaid and hopefully that yeah. would cover stuff. I don't actually know a whole lot about ins- how to get coverage if you don't have insurance through work for like having a baby at the hospital. It'd be a good thing to yeah. look into. Um, okay, there's also when you're being induced, um, a lot of people have increased need for pain medication. Um, inducing labor might cause la- uh, contractions to come on stronger and more often than they would naturally. You are more likely to need an epidural. I was planning on getting an epidural anyway, so I wasn't worried about it. And we'll talk about how that epidural worked or didn't in a little bit. <laughs> uh, but most people, uh, if you're getting induced, you're probably going to end up getting an epidural, um, just yeah. because you might have some more pain. Uh, another thing is there's increased. Hello. <laughs> there's I just increased like that she's always like this. She's always like, here's my hands. <laughs> she, yeah. She likes to have her hands up. Hands up, brave oh, party. She's so cute. Um, I still am just like amazed by how cute she is. And I, <laughs> You, have access to her constantly but it doesn't get old you're supposed to feel good. like that yeah. <laughs> it means all your chemicals are working correctly yeah, it does <laughs> uh so another <laughs> thing that might make people not want to induce is um breaking the amniotic sac uh like like it not breaking on its own um if you break it and you don't deliver within a day or two there can be increased risk of infection just like the longer that it's broken um, it can cause infection to get up in there. Right. What's <laughs> her head doing? Around. 
she's whatever just going it wants. Like, like she's like night at the Roxbury, yeah. Roxbury, with her little she, head. She does that. She moves her little head around. <laughs> she's she's very cute. I should take a picture of myself after this and put it on the on the pod about yeah. Um. Okay. Um, yeah, so there could be increased risk of infection, but that's usually if it takes a really long time. For me, it didn't take a really long time. Um, but it was something I knew about, and I was totally ready. Hello? Do you have hiccups? I was totally ready to get a C-section if that was the case. You know, oh. like if, if my waters were broken and I wasn't right. going into labor, like I wasn't getting contractions, I was like, I'll get a C-section in that case. It'll be totally fine. So like I had considered for that possibility. And I do think it's really important to consider those possibilities and to talk with your partner or partners about that beforehand so that they can help you like understand when it's time to make that decision. They can yeah. help you advocate for yourself, that kind of stuff. Um, and they can just know what you want if you're not in a position to be able to communicate it. Right. That's, that's helpful. Yeah. Um, Again, women who who deliver before the 39th week, um, if they're induced for medical reasons, they might have more health problems for the baby. Um, again, it's an increased risk, but it's also something where like your medical professionals are going to balance that with what the risk of waiting would be. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Cora, thoughts? <laughs> She's just like she's got the big eyes so she might end up having uh oh, we might end up having a diaper soon is she having a business meeting yeah she might be having a business meeting yeah we'll see <laughs> it's, it's it's harder to feel i have a cloth diaper on her right now and it's harder to feel through that than through the disposables yeah um but we just we yeah we just decided to do cloth diapers because we were interested in doing that. No shade on anyone who's not because yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, it is a lot of laundry. And if you don't have laundry machines, I, I fucking mm -hmm. wouldn't do it. Um, no. Also, it's a big uh, monetary investment to get a bunch of cloth diapers initially. So, um, so even though I'm using cloth diapers, I just want to say I'm not pushing anyone to do it because it's definitely yeah. a significant amount of work. It's something we can do. So we wanted to. Right. That's your choice um oh hello um there might be more complications during delivery also if you have an induction um but that usually is related they're usually pretty rare and it's usually related to a health concern you had beforehand right um and i didn't have any health concerns to worry about in that situation she's so cute <laughs> yeah just i just see her it. like doing like the side eye where she's like oh Oh boy. Do you wanna do you wanna bounce and look at look at Auntie Hope? Do you want a pacifier? Hi. You want a pacifier? I'm totally we're totally like a I I wasn't sure if I wanted to do pacifiers, but I am totally down for it. Hey, it turns out as long as it like anything that makes her feel good. I had I know you can hear me, so I'm just gonna keep talking. <laughs> I had colic, like really, really awful colic for the first six months of my life. And I got a stuffed bunny named Pinky and my parents started giving me pacifiers, which we called Binkies. So as soon as I had Pinky and Binky, I was good. And I like learned how to talk out of the side of my mouth while I still had a Binky in and I would eat with it in. 
I love me a banky. Doing a diaper change, so I'll be right back. But you can keep talking. <laughs> My parents said it. Uh, it made me a different baby. I'm gonna go ahead and put you on mute just in case. Rosie's baby is very cute. If anybody uh, cares, Cora is very cute, and I really like that I have a friend that I can say Rosemary's baby for all you horror film people out there. Griffin, do you have any thoughts you want to contribute? All right, it's giving me the bird. All right, and. <laughs> Oh, Cora did not like that you did that. Here Aww. we go. She's uh, she had a little bit of a wet diaper, so we changed that, and now she's got uh, a pacifier, and she's just uh, chilling. She's a very chill baby, from what I've heard she, from you. She's a pretty chill baby. She doesn't seem to, uh, I mean, knock on wood, but um, yeah, she, <laughs> she seems to be pretty cool. Like you know, as long as needs are met, it's fine. She she gets gas occasionally, which is not fun for anyone because that's that's the time when she gets to be crying and we're like what's wrong are you okay but we got some um we got some grape water um and some gas drops from this company called little remedies um and they uh they seem to be working well for her so it's good do you want sometimes she farts while i'm changing her diaper no Well, little boys Weird. pee right on you because they don't. They- oh, she's peed on me too. She peed on me in the doctor's office actually because so Cora. they they had they had to take off her diaper to weigh her um because they don't want like if the diaper's wet it might weigh more so they just want to like get the weight of the yeah. naked baby <laughs> um and they always wanted to weigh her to make sure that she was uh, she's doing okay and gaining the weight she's supposed to um or like not losing a lot of weight because a lot yeah. of infants do lose weight. But she uh, she peed on me in the doctor's office because I was holding her and she was naked and I picked her up from the scale and she just like let it go. Yeah, mom's here. Yep. <laughs> Do you want to make this two episodes where we talk about this and then your birth story? Because we've been talking for about an hour already. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking if we want to wrap this up, but I'm totally fine to go into the next one and talk about the yeah. birth story. I'm, yeah, I'm absolutely down. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this one up and then we can right. do your birth story. All right. So those are, so that's like the process of induction. And we'll talk more about my specific birth story in the next episode, but I did want to talk about like the alleged natural ways you can induce uh, and kind of go over very quickly, like why people might choose not to, why people might choose to do it, et cetera, that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah. yeah. So, so that kind of wraps that up. And I think we're probably going to immediately record the second one by my release it a little bit spaced apart <laughs> but yeah yeah so uh um i i think for this one i will shout out a little bit i'm gonna shout out to sorry i'm just i i was thinking about it i'm like i'm probably gonna shout out to the same people for this one and the next one but whatever it's fine um i'll shout out to to my midwife who um i haven't asked her if i could use her name or anything so i'm i'm calling her Anna which is not her actual name Uh, (laughs) but shout out to my midwife uh, who did a really really great job and we'll talk more about them the next episode my doula who I realized I I I do think it's okay to use her name yeah Um, uh, Miss Anne who I didn't realize I named I kind of accidentally named my midwife the same thing (laughs) almost I was wondering about that uh yeah it, it was just I was trying to find something that was like not close to her real name since I hadn't asked her if I could right. use her name <laughs> uh, but yeah but but my doula Miss Anne who is a friend of ours um she was amazing and I'll talk more about how amazing she was in the next episode yeah um and also uh, um to the medical staff in general at uh UPMC Hammond Erie where we delivered 
they were really really great we also um we had a we had like a little bit of a, a scary thing in the last couple of weeks um she had some lumps on her back which we weren't sure what they were it tur- turned out they're completely fine it's completely fine but they uh just to be safe had like an ultrasound and blood work so we had to take her to a couple more appointments um everyone who treated her did a really good job we took her to a pediatric dermatologist who said like wow yeah she said they're probably just cysts um and was like yeah i wouldn't worry about this this is fine um but and her all of her blood work came back completely fine as well um so yeah that that was a little bit of a scary uh scary thing for us yeah it was um but uh anyway i i want to specifically shout out to the phlebotomy department at upmc hammett and erie because they so phlebotomy is uh blood draws Um, Mm. and she, uh, normally when you're testing a baby's blood, they'll do a heel stick, which is just like, they stick like a small needle into the heel and then just kind of squeeze the foot and get some blood droplets to test that way. But for this one, they had to do a blood draw in her arm and her arms are tiny. Um, so it's not only is it really difficult, it's really upsetting for the baby, for the parents, probably for the phlebotomist, (laughs) like, literally for everyone it's an upsetting situation (laughs) um but they did an absolutely wonderful job and I was like I just want to say a nice thing about them they did a fantastic job it was like as quick as it could possibly be like they made absolutely sure they had a good vein first so it it was there wasn't like multiple needle sticks in her poor little baby and it was all good (laughs) so it was it was made as comfortable as it possibly could be for all of us in the situation um, and they also let us stay back there and do a diaper change because we <laughs> suddenly needed to. Um, she but, shit uh, her pants. She was so scared. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, I, I definitely wanted to say they did a really, really good job. I I think I might, I might actually want to like write to the hospital and be like, hey, these yeah. people are great because they did a really good job. So anyway, I, I'm really glad we had a really good experience with pretty much everyone that I we talked to in the hospital. So yeah. All right. Cora's gonna be my shout out for this week, mm-hmm. our special guest. Little baby. Yeah. These are actual babies instead of cat babies, which is yeah. what babies are in this house. <laughs> she's oh yeah, she's getting drowsy again. Just think she uh, might just pass out. Good night. She she just had a warm bottle and she's all in her jammies. So yeah. All right. Well, okay. as always, I am Rosie and Facts Matter, and we will see you soon. I'm hope and now that you know better be better. Bye. Okay. Bye.